On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, what's wrong with them? We dive into it. 0-3 start. Little surprising, to be perfectly honest with you. Didn't see it happening this way. We decide, we dissect, Keith and I do, what's wrong with the 76ers after three games. We do that next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First times users can receive up to a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. What's up, D? What's going on, man? Well, listen, what's up is the Phillies. That's what's up. All is good in that part of the uh the city. So what's down, D? What's down, D? The Philadelphia 76ers. Welcome, you guys, to uh, Locked On 76ers. I'm Devon Gibbons from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio, along with Keith Pompey from TheInquire.com, fantastic Sixers beat writer that he is. We have a lot to talk about with the basketball team, obviously. And we thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day and, of course, on this Monday. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here at YouTube on Locked On 76ers. Well, what's wrong, Keith? We need to talk about what's wrong. The 0-3 Philadelphia 76ers, I looked at the Eastern Conference standings after last night's games on Sunday, and they were at the bottom. And I did not expect to see that after three games. Did not expect to see that at any point during the season. And I know that there are 79 games left in the season, but still, they're 0-3, and I didn't expect that. So we'll start with them. Uh, We'll start with... uh, what is wrong with this basketball team at the moment? And uh, we'll figure out a few. We'll talk about a few other things uh, later on throughout the the show, as long as also with the Indiana Pacers coming into town tonight to take on the 76 is the final game of a three game homestand for this team. And they are 0 and 3, 0 and 2 on their home floor after these last two losses to the Milwaukee Bucks and the San Antonio Spurs on Saturday. Keith, what's wrong with this basketball team? Man, was it's the laundry list is long, dude. Uh, you know, I, I think right now it's just the things that they're trying to do. The personnel doesn't really match. You know, what I mean, I think that's a major thing right there. I mean, you look at it, it, it and and first of all, like it just seems like they can't generate any threes, right? I mean, they they their prime. Let's just talk about this this Spurs game. Um, their goal was they had film study the day before the game. And the focus was we want to attempt threes or we want to go to the rim. Well, they're still hitting a lot of mid-range games. So when you look at it in regards to three-pointers, right now they're tied for 25th in the NBA with the Atlanta Hawks and and New Orleans Pelicans with three-pointers made at 9.3 per game. They also rank 25th in three-point percentage at 31.5% and are tied with the Charlotte Hornets at 23rd in attempts at 29.7. So they're missing on average, right? They're missing on average 23s a game. They're taking 29, but they're missing 20 of them, right? And then they're also tied with the Lakers 
in scoring. They rank 28th by scoring 103.3 points a game. I mean, when you when we look at the Sixers, you know, and I hate to say this, they brought in these new guys, and they were telling us how much of a difference they were going to make. But I can't tell a difference. I mean, you can have Furkan out there. You can have Shake out there, guys who people say can't defend. Well, these dudes aren't defending, but they're supposed to be lockdown defenders. So when you look at it, the defense is a problem. They can't they they can't uh, shoot the ball from the outside. Um, James Harden has been extremely ball dominant, which leads to other people uh, getting isolated or, or or getting left out of the flow, so to speak. So there's a lot of problems going on right now, and I think Doc Rivers has his hands full in regards to trying to make this thing right. Well, when you talk about the the defense in general, giving up 126 points on opening night to Boston, 126-117. The next night, where the defense was pretty much, it was pretty good throughout the entirety of the game, only losing that one by two points to the Milwaukee Bucks. But to your point, the other thing that was glaring was the three points uh, attempts, number one, because Milwaukee had 42 shot attempts from behind the three-point line to the Sixers 24. There's that. Then you go to San Antonio, where they only make five of their plus 20 attempts, and the San Antonio Spurs outlasted them because they made uh, eight more threes than the Sixers did. The Sixers had two more field goals in the San Antonio game than the Spurs. They made two more free throws than the San Antonio Spurs. They were pretty equal in turnovers, both like 10 and 12 or something along those lines. And the rebounding was only a, a, a two-point uh, separation between the two teams so the problem right now to your point is yes defense and the outside shooting for this basketball team there's no pace it doesn't seem like also with them getting up and down the floor as soon as you mentioned the new orleans pelicans and i thought of it as you said they were right there in the mix with the pelicans in terms of uh, made threes but i thought the difference between them was they play with a pace they play with a a a, a it looked like they play with a, a, a joy and a team team aspect of the game where they're sharing the basketball the way that they're doing where it doesn't seem like right now to your point Keith that they are in sync with one another while they are out there and you say Doc Rivers has his hands full in trying to figure this one out he absolutely has his hands full in trying to figure out how to get them out of this rut that they are in because I still do believe and we'll get into the next segment should we worry uh, that this is in fact a rut but it's a rut that the coach has to figure out and then when you go to hearing what James Harden always says, and it's one thing that always stands out to me when we talk about him, which is high-level players. Okay, well, you talk about high-level players. I'm excluding Tobias Harris out of this conversation, and even Tyrese Maxey. And I'll exclude P.J. Tucker. Let's just call it for what it is. It's about him beating Harden. They go as they go, as those two players go. And if these two high-level players, as he calls them, and always saying that they will figure things out, don't it's going to be a long basketball season i'm surprised of where they are i thought they were better situated after the offseason with the pieces that they've put together i agree with you that doc rivers has not been creative enough in deciding and he can say listen it's early in the season uh my rotations are my rotations are we've we saw paul reed in game one we saw montrez harrell in game two and then we don't really see either of them in game three where they got very little, very little minutes. And the game, I thought, called for 
hey, let me shake this up a little bit. It's too stagnant. It's too stale. Nothing is popping right now with my offense. Let me bring in Furkan Korkmaz and Shake Milton, even Paul Reed, just to see if I can get a little bit of a spark. Shake, you got two minutes. Let me see what you can do in two minutes because we need something right now. San Antonio had it. Milwaukee had it. And Boston clearly had it with Malcolm Brogdon coming off the bench. They are getting destroyed on the bench also when it comes to the points. We highlighted the numbers against the Boston Celtics. They were outscored in game two against the Milwaukee Bucks with the bench unit. They were outscored again in game three with the bench unit of the San Antonio Spurs. They need to figure this out. They need to figure it out very quickly. And I know it's 79 games, but this right now with the schedule that they have, because they are one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, they are coming for you. There are no days off. And you better get your stuff together or else it's going to be a very long season or there are going to be some consequences in season. And I don't think that's going to be with the players or the front office. I agree. I agree. Well, on the other side, Keith, we take this break here. We come back and we talk about why maybe we shouldn't panic, even after all the things that we just said, uh, why we should panic or maybe go on the other side and say why they are in trouble. We'll talk about it next right here. Locked on 76ers. You know, let's talk about prize picks. You know, hey, do you for, do refer to prize picks as a daily fantasy, right? You know what I mean? Some people do. I do. You know what I mean? I refer to his entries, player projections, the whole nine, right? So here's the thing. And the reason why I do this is because, and I'm just saying this, like Luka Donich, you know, when he plays, when he plays on the night, I'm going to probably project him to score more than 26.5 points. LeBron James to have more than 7.5 rebounds. Kevin Durant to have less than six foot five assists. Sorry, Kevin, but we know you like getting up, getting up the shots. And Steph Curry to have more than 3.5 three-pointers. Yep, that's what I do, right? So this is what you got to do. Download the PrizePix apps or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit matchup for to a hundred dollars with promo code locked on. If you deposit a hundred dollars, Prize Picks will give you a hundred dollars. If you deposit fifty, Prize Picks will give you fifty. Don't forget the inner code, inner promo code locked on to sign up for an assist deposit um, matchup to a hundred dollars. I'm telling you, do it today, people. Definitely do it today. You won't regret it. Make sure you guys do it today, as he just said, so you don't regret it. I'm telling you, get in there. There's a lot of NBA games, Monday night football game. Got to get in there and do it today. Thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen today. Now make your second listen. Game to game, NBA, Eastern Conference. Yes, every moment, every top performance, every result. There's already some exciting games going on through the first couple of uh, days here, first week of the season. Uh, Locked on game to game covers every game from across the league in general in the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow game to game on Locked On NBA, both Eastern Conference and Western Conference, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you do get your podcasts. All right, Keith, let's tell the people while we ran it about the things that, are, that have been uh, 
problematic for this basketball team so far with their 0 and 3 start. Why we shouldn't panic? And I'll, I'll start off uh, just to give you some time since you started off the last time. Why, why they shouldn't panic is because, look, they are, at least when we look at the roster, they still do have a, a roster. They have a dominant player, a superstar level player in Joel Embiid, um, an all star caliber player in James Harden. All the things that we talked about before the start of the season, a veteran in Tobias Harris. Same with PJ Tucker, who was going to get on the floor, get dirty, do all the dirty work, 50 50 balls, where others don't have to worry about that young player in Tyrese Maxey. So when you do have all of these new pieces, even coming off the bench and Doc Rivers giving them time, there is some time to uh, allow them to get themselves really acclimated with one another, where they're really accustomed to playing with the others. And uh, while they did have a whole training camp, a preseason, there's still plenty of time with the 82-game season, 79 remaining after these. They're going to be fine, I think. I would be very surprised if they weren't. And uh, I, I don't I don't panic right now, although I am frustrated with what I've seen. I'm sure they are also. The, the reason why when we talk about the Sixers every year with the, the contending team that they are, they get off to these decent starts. And even when they're 3-0, we don't sit there and say, well, season's over. They're going to the championship. We say, no, there's still a lot of time left in the season. They just happen to look good right now with their 3-0. Or I still, with their 3-0 record, see a little, little thing here, a little thing there that they have to tighten up on in order for them to reach the level, keep this sustainability going, reach that level of basketball and wherever they want to get to at the end of the year, which is an NBA championship. We see those things. So just like when they are 3-0, we say, all right, yeah, 3-0 is great, but still calm down. Even though we see some, some nasty things with this basketball team and some warts, and it, it can get ugly if they don't figure it out quickly because it can get away from you very fast. I say I'm not panicking just yet, but I, I, I am very aware and I've recognized that they need to get on it and get on it quickly so it doesn't start to spiral out of control where it doesn't really affect the locker room. And it, it's, you know, now you got players pointing at each other and looking at each other. The body language needs to be better, the substitutions needs to be a little more creative if the others aren't working just because you signed them in the offseason. If it's not working, sure, give them time. But right now, in the moment, maybe go to the others and see if they can give you a little bit of a spark. Because even when Matisse Thibault got in the game, I think he's played like a less, less than five minutes total in three games. The ovation that he got, Keith, in that, in that was it the Milwaukee game or the or the San Antonio game? It was the, it was the uh, the Milwaukee game when he got the standing ovation. It was amazing. I don't even and look, I don't even and that was my fault for saying standing ovation to you when we were sitting there talking. Uh, but but it was definitely an ovation that I just did not expect from Matisse Thibel when he was entered into the game. But I also think it was something that the the fans were like, good. Finally, something else than what you're giving us because the product with these new players, not clicking yet, not clicking yet. So I think it's not time to panic, but I, I, I don't disagree with anybody who's very frustrated because I, too, am also very frustrated. And I think they will get it together, including tonight against the Indiana Pacers. We'll talk about them in the final segment. But, Keith, why, why should we panic or why, why shouldn't we panic? I don't think it's I don't I think it's too early to panic. I mean it's three games. And and I'm gonna point out the 2017-18 season, right? Um that's the last time that the 76ers opened a season 0 and 3, right? 
And it was the, the Sixers opened the 2017-18 season with consecutive losses to the Washington Wizards, Boston Celtics, and Toronto um, Raptors. But the additions of Ersan Ilovisova and Marco Bellinelli in the buyout market led to one of the most enjoyable regular season finishes. The Sixers were three games. Now, get this. It was a panic for most of the season because, see, back then the Sixers were three games above 500 before signing Bellinelli on February the 2nd. I mean, February the 12th. 16 later, days later, he resigned. Huh? They went on that 17 game winning streak. Well, it was work. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they signed Ilovisova. They ended the season, the regular season, 23, including setting an NBA record for 16 consecutive wins, right? That team finished the season 52 and 30. Indeed, let me tell you, that remains their best record since going 56 and 26 in 2001, the year they lost to the Lakers in the NBA Finals. So what I'm saying is, you know, right now, things look bleak. But it's up to Doc and it's up to them to get things worked out. But what I'm telling you is I remember that team, that first, that one, we were like, man, what's up with this squad? Like, you know, the, the tanking is over. This team is supposed to be better. They were struggling. They tweaked the lineup a little bit. And then it became good. Now, it's funny. Back then, they inserted two shooters off the bench and they went on a roll, right? So now it's like we're looking at it and you're saying to yourself, this team can't shoot. They can't get threes. You know, they can't do this and that. But that's all that squad needed. I think that, you know, while this team, they do have some problems offensively, defensively, I do think that three games do not make a season. But three games is telling us right now is that they're not as good as they hype themselves up to be and other people have. And so they got to get back in the lab, so to speak, and reinvent themselves. But like you said earlier, there's 79 games left and they got to go out there and, 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 and work hard and, and, and try to get a win. Yeah. What do you think about I, I, some of the body language I don't like? Have you seen that also? Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. No, yeah. I don't like it. It's too early for that. It's too early. It's too early. It's too early. It's too early for that. I don't Watch like these other NBA games, Keith. Everybody seems like they got a pep in their step. Everybody's excited to be back out on the floor. Meanwhile, they're just out there like, all right, dragging. You know, just doesn't seem right. Just doesn't seem right, and they need to figure it out quickly. All right, man. Um, we need to talk about the Pacers. Got the Pacers tonight coming into town with a, a fantastic young group that they do have. They're not expected to win a lot of games this season, but they compete. They play with the joy. I've seen them play. They play with the joy. They play with some life. We'll talk about the young players led by Tyrese Halliburton, T.J. McConnell, and some others on the other side right here, locked on 76ers. Let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for betting football in the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. 
Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. Well, Keith, the Indiana Pacers come to town. They um, are one and two on the season. They took on the San Antonio Spurs also in a common common uh, opponent for the 76ers, and they lost by three on Friday night, 137-104. The Indiana Pacers uh, have, uh, number one, Keith, you have two players that are out right now for the team, uh, two important players. You mind telling everybody who those players are? as we get ready for this game tonight? Um, you know, Daniel Thies is, is the one. And Dave now, Tice. Dave oh, Tice. Daniel Thies, yeah, Daniel Thies. Come on, man, why you got to be German? German, You got to, okay. you know what I mean? The pronunciation is messing me up. Uh, I, should, I, should, I, should, I should know that already. But so they're, they're basically missing their, their first two bigs. You got Miles Turner, who's out with a left ankle sprain. And, this, and, and then you got Daniel Thies, who's out with uh, left knee left left knee soreness. So this is one of those games where you expect Joel Embiid to like dominate, right? You you do. You expect him to dominate. The only my only concern if if I'm Joel from the Sixers is that Lloyd Pierce is an assistant coach with um the Indiana Pacers. Lloyd Pierce knows Joel more than probably better than any other assistant coach in the league. And he always devises plans to get him out of his game. Right now, when we look at Joel Embiid, we talk about the lack of conditioning. So guess what I think they're going to do? Run. They're going to turn it into a track meet and try to wear him down. They're going Every time he comes, they're going to throw a different bodies at him. Uh, so, so what this is going to be is this is going to be a good game for us to see how Joel um, deals with these situations this early in the season. But outside of that, they also got Tyrese Halliburton. And I believe the last time Halliburton came here, he wasn't with, I think he was with Sacramento at the time. Yeah, he and was. believe me, he was trying to audition to get on the Sixers to trade him at that game. It, he was phenomenal. The only thing I didn't like about him is at the end of the game, he passes up the shot to another teammate who misses it when he was baking the Sixers beforehand. The Sixers were happy. The fans were happy. But as me, uh, you know, as seeing a guy, it was like, Okay, you've been torching them all game. Let's see you at least try to make that last second shot. Don't pass it up. So, but but at the same time, you know, I I really, you know, I'm looking at this team, and to be honest with you, I'm gonna be honest. When I saw, because I was in I was in uh, uh, Indiana on Friday, so I was at that game when they played the Spurs, and it got to a point as I didn't have to cover it. I did my stuff before the game. So with a 5 a.m. flight the next day, I'm like, well, let me leave here in the third quarter. At that point, I wasn't the only person who left. And people were talking about how bad that team was. So I was kind of surprised to wake up the next morning and realize they only lost by a little bit because I was thinking that this team was garbage and I didn't think the Spurs were that good. So to me, it's kind of like I think the Sixers are going to get them. But after seeing how the Sixers played against the Spurs, only two things can happen, a wake-up call or the Sixers, just like we said before, may not be as good as we think they are, D. I think they're better than we uh, have seen, and they are certainly better than the Indiana Pacers, in my opinion, although the Pacers have one more win than the Sixers, too, after three games. But, yeah, I, I look at this one and I say they get it. No, no Turner, no Tice. And they have Jalen Smith, who's probably, I'm guessing, going to be one of the guys in the middle, uh, the uh, third-year player from University of Maryland. 
he's not ready for for Joel Embiid. He can run though. He will run past Embiid. So with Halliburton, uh, Benedict Matherin, the fantastic rookie out of out of Arizona, Chris Duarte, his second year, T.J. McConnell, Buddy Hill, they have stuff. It's just a matter of how uh, Rick Carlisle decides to uh, use use his team and and have them ready to go against the 76ers. You go game the game and you figure out the best way. Sure, you play your style of basketball, your brand of basketball, and they are rebuilding. But they they you you adjust to your opponent. And right now, the Sixers don't have the speed it looks like to keep up with a lot of these younger teams, with these athletes that can just get up and down the floor the way that they do. And uh, if if they're going to be lax, if they're going to play lax days ago, they're not going to communicate on defense, and they're going to be a step behind. They'll lose these games like they did against the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs, in my opinion, and I think many of us are not a better basketball team than the Sixers, but they were on Saturday night, and, and that's what matters. They were they were better than them on Saturday night. Tonight is an opportunity for the Sixers, who have four games this week, Keith, beginning with this one, two on the road Wednesday and Friday in Toronto, both in Toronto, and then they are also uh, playing on Saturday um, also. And um, so against the Bulls. They play the Bulls on Saturday, and then on Monday they play Washington. So they have a busy week. They have a busy week ahead of them, and it starts now. You can you can right your wrongs after this 0-3 start with how you perform this week with your adjustments. It's a tough one right now because you need a win. You need it. You need to feel good after a victory. And then you have those two tough games against Toronto, and then back to back from Friday to Saturday against the Chicago Bulls. So it's not going to be easy, and they have to get things right. Um, so. You know, we'll, we'll see what they do. We'll see. Can what I they say do. something though, D? Can I yeah. say something? Mm-hmm. So here's the deal, though. Like the fact that we're in this position. All right. So when you look at the Sixers' schedule, the first seven games they had, you know, five. They had five games that we thought that probably would be problematic that we were going to see. It, it was going to be, uh, you know, the first two. I mean, and and then the other one. Well, then it was yeah. going to be the first two games, the Spurs game in Indiana. They were supposed to be like confidence yeah, sure right? thing. you yeah. would think but see here's the thing man like the fact that i mean we got to be real with ourselves right now because they go to boston against an undermanned boston celtics team a, a boston celtics team now i understand that it was bill russell night i get that but we're talking about a boston celtics team that had a huge scandal this offseason right before the thing started where the coach is suspended for his discretions right so then indiscretions. So then, so then all of a sudden, you got a coach who was behind the bench, not even up there with him, behind the bench, who did a good job against the Sixers, right? So then they go and they play the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks were about their second best player in Chris Middleton and two key reserves. And then a, like three other players were was banged up, but were able to play in that game. Sixers law lose to them. We will both know that they are way better than the Spurs. However, they didn't look at that night at all. And the problem is the Spurs were young. They got five 19-year-olds. The University of San Antonio um, at the University of Texas at San Antonio has has fewer 19-year-olds, teenagers on their team than this squad, right? But at the same time, they gave them the business. They gave them the business. So, like, I understand we like sometimes I feel like people are like, 
uh, you know, they get off slow. But it shouldn't be this way. Like, we're talking about this Indiana game being like, yo, we're going to see what they can do, this and that. But they haven't shown us anything in the previous three games to whereas this should be a blowout. And it should be, but they haven't shown us anything. So to me, that's a big concern because luckily for them, Toronto is going through a little funk right now, right? They got to get stuff together. Now, yeah, one and two. So like, you know, they're going through a little funk, but it's just, it's crazy that the Sixers are going through this because you think about this, man, the, the Sixers could have easily, like you would think on paper, the way this schedule was set up, even though these games were supposed to be tough games, Boston was injured. Sixers had their full complement of players. Boston had that coaching situation. That could have been a game that they could have still uh, stole. Milwaukee came in without their second best player, two key reserves, and had a lot of other guys playing in their first games because they didn't play in the preseason. They could have stole that game. This this uh, this Spurs team came in on a back-to-back while the Sixers were at home chilling. So – to me, it's just they got a lot of work to do, man. They do. They and, and they, they they have a lot of work to do. And the frustrating part, too, is that the two teams that we thought they would be in the mix with and very well may still be in the mix with at the end of it all, the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks, who you mentioned they face in games one and two, they're undefeated. They're 5-0 and right now, despite those things that you talked about. Joe Mazzula in for Ime Udoka. After that situation this offseason, no Chris Middleton, no Pat Connaughton for the Milwaukee Bucks, and they are 2-0. and They found a way to win. Um, so, yeah, that's the disappointing part because we have them on the same level as those two teams as they all compete for the Eastern Conference crown. Still 79 games. But through the first three games for Boston, the first two games for Milwaukee, they found ways to get it done. The Sixers have not. P.J. Tucker, based on you know what we're hearing, should not be – tearing down the locker room by screaming at everybody after three games, Keith. You just shouldn't. You just shouldn't. So we'll see what they do tonight against the Indiana Pacers. We'll be back tomorrow dissecting the uh, the game overall, and uh, hopefully we're talking about a win where we can point out some good things that took place in the game. Thank you for making Locked On 76 as your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you do get your podcast. Keith, you mind letting the folks know where they can find us? Well, just like DJ said, where you can get the other podcasts at, make sure you get our podcast there, especially on our YouTube channel. But what I want you to do is when you go there, you see that Liberty Bell, click on that Liberty Bell and you become our new subscriber, right? Now, also, you need to follow my man, D, Divine G, at 975. You also need to listen to his show, The Divine Giving Show. Now, today, D is doing going to be on, on the air from 2 to 6, right? Yes. And 2 to 6. But he's going to actually be on there a little bit longer but with doing pregame stuff and this and that. So, but make sure you listen to it. But normally, The Divine Giving Show runs Monday through Fridays from 6, p- 6 p.m., to 10 p.m. And also, you, want, you can watch it on the television, man. NBC yeah. Sports Philadelphia, two to six. Yeah, you get if you want to see him twice a day, twice. check him out today. See him twice, twice a day, 
do it today. <laughs> Secondly, what you can do for me is you can follow me on Twitter at Pompeii on Sixers, and you can read my stuff in the Philadelphia Inquirer, inquire.com, all things 76ers. All right, man. Game time tonight. Pacers, Sixers. Let's see what happens. I predict a win. They finally get it done. I think Doc mixes it up a little Bruh, bit. Bro, you've been predicting wins the last two games. I mean, I have. I have. And uh, last three games. <laughs> oh, you did? Oh, man. Well, I know I did the opening night. I don't know if I said Nah, that. you picked the Bucks too. You said they would beat the Bucks too. Did I say that? Yeah, yeah, I said they would get off. You three. Uh, you yeah, might need to stop predicting. I'm always three. I'm always three. Yeah, I, I guess I should stop predicting. We'll see what they do. I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll find out. They don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, thanks, uh, as always. We'll talk to you tonight uh, after the game or uh, for tomorrow's episode, and we'll catch up with you all. Have a great rest of your Monday. We'll talk to you then. Thanks so much. All right. Peace.